We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ready, set, save, California. It's sellathon time this Labor Day at your California Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2019 Ford lineup, like an adventure-ready Explorer or the all-new built Ford Tough Ranger. Or get behind the wheel of the 2019 Ford F-150 with the power, toughness, and capability to carry any payload. You've waited all summer for these deals, and the wait is over. So ready, set, save. The Labor Day sellathon is on now, but don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry into your California Ford dealer before it all ends September third. Hello everyone, welcome along to the Fantasy Football Beat on Rotoviz Radio. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and on today's show we're going to be talking about the Patriots trip to face the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it's of course going to be a key game in who ends up with the number one seed in the AFC as we head here towards the playoffs. It's a game that I'm very excited about and on today's show I'm going to be joined by Mike Giardi of NBC Sports Boston to talk about the game. We're going to be discussing a lot of the key topics. We're going to be discussing what happened on Monday Night Football obviously with the Patriots losing to the Miami Dolphins. We're going to be talking about getting Rob Gronkowski back in the lineup. What matchups uh, the Patriots can exploit in this one. Who he thinks is going to win and much much more. So I'm looking forward to having Mike on the show in just a moment. After I talk with Mike I'll take a few moments to to recap what we discussed and use some of the road of his apps to dive a little bit deeper into the game and look at it from a fantasy football perspective. For those of you who don't know, Rotoviz is a sports data and analytics site that publishes over 1,000 articles per year and is a suite of more than 20 proprietary apps. There's lots of great content up there as we head into the playoffs, lots of great DFS content as well if your season is already over. So lots of good stuff up on rotoviz.com. Head on over and check everything out on the site. So as I mentioned, this is a game I'm very excited to talk about, breakdown and discuss in more detail. So let's get Mike Giardi aboard the show. (laughs) 
So I'm joined now on the show, uh, the first time this season that we have had a returning guest here on The Beat Report, and it is Mike Giardi of NBC Sports Boston. We'll be talking about the Patriots heading to face the Steelers this week, and what uh, there's no doubt about, in my opinion, is the biggest game of the week. So delighted to be talking with Mike about it. Thanks for uh, returning onto the show again. Pretty psyched to be a uh, repeat customer. Let's, let's do this <laughs> thing. Let's get into this game. Yeah, so obviously, um, you know, it's this game just, uh, I thought I had to get you on the show, just uh, we, we organised this a couple of weeks back, and then, of course, Monday night made it a little bit more interesting with the Patriots losing to the Miami Dolphins 27-20, and that, it, that puts the Patriots now to 10-3 and three on the season, so they were back in practice on Wednesday, and then Rob Gronkowski was obviously back after serving his one-week suspension without uh, Gronkowski, uh, the Patriots did struggle once again, and it kind of has been a theme without Gronk over the last couple of seasons, they failed to... Uh, convert a third down in this contest for the first time since 1991 they were 0 for 11 on third downs against Miami so there's a lot of takeaways coming out of the game is it is it one that you just think that they need to put out of their mind as they move forward uh, or what was your biggest takeaway looking back on uh, Monday night's contest yeah to me that uh, it was just it was sort of one of those nights uh, you were a little bit hamstrung offensively you had a hard time separating I think give Miami credit for um throwing a few wrinkles at the Patriots they really weren't prepared for. And then just, I mean, they executed. So, you know, a lot of times you talk about in this league, like especially when the Patriots lose, which happens so rarely, you're like, well, what did they do wrong? Um, I'll give a ton of credit for Miami for what they did right there. Their corners played terrific. Uh, press man, Pat's had a hard time getting off it. Uh, you saw, I mean, how many times did he go to Cooks uh, before he finally hooked up with them late in the fourth quarter? I think it was 0 for 6 targeting him uh, until late in the fourth. So I just, I think Miami played a hell of a game and I think the Patriots were, you know, they talked about it afterwards. They lacked a little energy and, you know, I, I don't know that they are guilty of looking ahead to Pittsburgh, but you know, there's a fair amount of new guys and younger guys on the team. And, um, you know, maybe that played a, a, a little bit of a role, a small, small role in, in what happened on Monday night. Yeah, and uh, that was actually my next question. We've seen Bill Belichick's reaction to it this uh, week when he was asked if they were looking ahead. But, you know, sometimes, you know, <laughs> against a, a divisional opponent that they have, uh, you know, a nice lead over in the division, it looks like that division's wrapped up. And then maybe they were looking ahead a little bit. Uh, you know, nobody's ever going to admit if you're looking ahead or not, but could just have been a little bit of a possibility. What was the atmosphere around the, the locker room like this week? Uh, business, you know. It was a short week. You had to turn around and you have to get right back at it. Couldn't spend too much time as, you know, lingering on on Miami. They made what corrections they felt were necessary, but then, you know, it's, it's right into Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's obviously a, an opponent that's playing some really good football, and it's a dangerous opponent even when they're not because of, you know, some of the weapons they have on offense. I think that it seemed to me like, uh, you know, we, we, we weren't as prepared as we needed to be or we weren't – we didn't bring the energy that we needed to bring on Monday night. I don't think that'll be – a problem on on Sunday afternoon in in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and uh, when we're looking ahead to the injury report before we get into some of the keys uh, key matchups that we're going to be talking about in this one, uh, of course, the Patriots, even though they did play on. Uh, Monday Night Football they are rather uh, healthy at this time of the year um, we have the majority of the team uh, taking place there is a lot of guys here in limited participation this week but they have it limited on Wednesday and Thursday and of course the, the, as we record this on Friday the practice report not out but I know uh, you have a, a little bit extra information on that Mike that you can help fill the listeners in but the two that have missed out so far this week is uh, Alan Branch uh, defensive lineman and cornerback uh, John, Johnson Bazamose with those uh, obviously an illness uh, to Bazamose Branch uh, still missing today as we record on uh, Friday? Yeah, no uh, no practice for Branch today, which makes it uh, extremely unlikely that 
uh, we'll see him someday. And, you know, that's a position in, a, in an area grouping, if you will, defensive line where they're already light. So that's, you know, he hasn't played like he did last year when he was really difficult to block, but he's still, uh, you know, a, a, an important piece of that defensive line. And, um, you know, that makes sort of corralling, containing Le'Veon Bell even more difficult and puts even more on the plate of Lawrence Guy and, and Malcolm Brown, the other two DTs. And uh, when we looked then as well, uh, Marcus Cannon was uh, placed on uh, injured reserve this week. He did injure his ankle against the Chargers in week eight, so uh, he will be uh, done, obviously, for the rest of the season. On the Steelers' side of it, uh, cornerback Joe Hayden, who has missed the last four games with a fractured left fibula, returned to practice this week. He has had limited uh, participation in both days so far, so it'll be... I think it's unlikely that he plays this week, but of course, with it being such a big game in the AFC, there is a chance that they do rush him back into this one. Uh, Cody Sensabaugh has missed both days of practice this week after he was uh, injured against Baltimore, so they could be a little bit limited in terms of their cornerback depth this week as we head into it. We all know with Ryan Shazier, his injury, he will uh, not be involved in this one. Vance McDonald did not practice this week so far, the tight end. And, uh, and the rest of the team has been pretty much available, the same as the Patriots, in limited participation. So uh, do you think, uh, you know, with Pittsburgh, have you been uh, hearing anything about Joe Hayden and if they will be kind of rushing him back? Four weeks is a very short time after having a, a fractured fibula. Yeah, they felt like thus far uh, that his leg has responded to back-to-back practices. So I would not surprise me in the least bit if he is active for that game. Now, what he brings to the table, I don't know. Uh, you know, Look, they wanted to play more man. They, they talked about it all summer long um, to, to to combat the Patriots. You know, we can't sit back there in those blitzes and those, and rather in those zones and then zone blitz off. He, he just he's destroyed them time after time after time. And part of picking up Hayden was strictly for that because of his ability to play man. Now he's not, he wasn't the same player that we remember him in in Cleveland a few years ago, um, but he was certainly an upgrade for them in that regard. So. You know, if he returns, I would suspect that they'll they'll try to play a little bit of man, and that's uh, something the Patriots had problems with on on Monday night. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do scheme up. Of course, they have uh, Robin Kowski back, as I mentioned, after his actions against the Buffalo Bills cost him that game last week. And it's really tough to lose any player, you know, particularly a player who's uh, probably, in most people's opinion, the best player at their position in the NFL. So the Patriots did struggle again. But how much does it hurt the roster when he's not in there? And then, of course, getting him back for such a big game like this, uh, this coming Sunday, uh, how big a part do you think he will be as part of the game plan? Well, we sit here and talk about you know the man and having problems breaking off press man. The the one benefit to having well of the many benefits to having Gronkowski in the lineup is you know when guys aren't open or even when he's not necessarily open, you can still <laughs> throw it to him, right? And we saw yeah, that yeah. you know in, in the game against Buffalo when he went up over Tre'Davious White and made that terrific catch uh, down the sidelines. That that ability and that sort of you, know, you talk about energy, that sort of energy you get from a play like that. Um, was obviously something that was lacking on Monday night, and just having him back is, you know, he's even and ready to go. Um, you know, feels like, you know, a bit responsible for what happened on Monday night because of the suspension and uh, you know that lapse of uh, judgment that he had late in that game against the Bills. So, um, you know, he's he changes everything for them offensively. I think another thing that was interesting too is, you know, they struggled to run the football and, you know, I don't think they ran the ball enough. I think they kind of got away from it a little too quickly against Miami, but that's also part of a lot of Gronkowski because it's not just as a receiver, it's as the run blocker. And, 
you know, having faith in him to be able to block down on a defensive tackle, um, wham block a, a nose guard. And that's, you know, Dwayne Allen is not Rob Gronkowski, a Hollister is certainly not Rob Gronkowski. And I think they were a little bit lacking in that area too. So it's just a, it's a massive, massive boost for them. Yeah, and he's obviously a player who over the last couple of years has had quite a number of back injuries. He's had them all the way since uh, coming back off, out of college. And uh, just maybe that midweek or midseason or late season, even bye week of sorts with the suspension might help him in the long term as they head towards the playoffs. So with him this week, we mentioned, you know, if the, if the Steelers do go to man, it could be uh, TJ Watt's job to try and cover him sometimes, uh, you know, in, in coverage. He's been playing for the Steelers more than anything this season because that he's better in coverage than James Harris and so on. Rob Gronkowski motioned over to his side of the ball this week is going to force him to drop back into coverage and arguably uh, present him with one of the worst matchups he could get in the NFL he has been tested in certain games and he's done quite well done uh, admirably uh, with what he's done this season but if you look at uh, him going up against Rob Gronkowski that just has to be a key strength of the Patriots in this one yeah I mean look uh, and, and not having Shazier there too is he was another option that you could at least run against Gronkowski or at least trust you uh, get underneath him in certain coverages and, you know, with his ability, his speed, uh, his quickness uh, could handle some of that responsibility, even if it's for five, six snaps. And now they, they've lost that option. And, you know, in turn last week, they had to play three different guys to try to fill that role, including uh, Spence, who they signed off the street December 6th. I know the Patriots aren't necessarily unfamiliar with things like that. Eric Lee has obviously come off the street and played quite a bit for them, but um, that's just supposed to show you, uh, you know, you say next man up. Well, it's kind of hard to do next man up when when they had Shazier doing as much as he did. And well, Watts had a nice rookie year, uh, but this will be unlike any challenge that he has faced in his in his young career for sure. Yeah, and you mentioned signing guys off the street. We've seen the the Patriots once again do something similar this week as they signed uh, Kenny Britt to a, a two year contract after he was waived by the Cleveland Browns, went unclaimed, uh, visited the Patriots on Tuesday, and then it just uh, seems like uh, these things always seem to fit into the Patriots. I would expect them to be uh, pretty much just a kind of insurance policy at the wide receiver position, and probably nothing more. I would think it would be difficult for him to uh, you know to acclimate quickly. I mean, we, we're kind of going based on the same thing happened last year. You know, late in the year. Zion and Michael Floyd, and, you know, he made a – he helped to win a game in Miami. You know, he had a touchdown, had that great block for to spring Edelman for a long <laughs> touchdown. Um, you won't forget that. So, you know, if if you can get something like that from Britt, I, I just look at the Britt thing as, as much about next year as anything. Um, you know, you're, you're once again Amendola in the last year of his deal, and uh, you've reworked his money a million times. Um, Malcolm Mitchell, you know, it's been a real slow – uh, come back from that from that knee injury, and he, you know he's a guy who was red flagged before the before he even came out in the draft because of that knee. Um, so you know, m- makes sense to at least try get the guy in the system. Uh, l- low risk, potential high reward. You know, I, I just I can't really find too much to criticize about it, other than the fact that a few years ago they said they wouldn't sign him because of all the stuff that had happened to him off the field with his arrest record, and you know, obviously a few years later they've kind of gone back on that. Yeah, things change sometimes, and you mentioned that block Michael Floyd had against Miami. I think 
arguably the the best wide receiver block in the entire NFL of last <laughs> season. And ridiculous, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and uh, when we're uh, talking about uh, trying to block, you mentioned Gronkowski coming back and doing some blocking for the Patriots this week. Well, it's going to be very hard to, to slow down a man getting the blocks behind that uh, Steelers offensive line, Le'Veon Bell, and of course you have Antonio Brown, who both are playing just uh, excellent football this season. Pretty much the offense is running through them. Uh, we've seen Juju Smith-Schuster, he had a recent suspension as well, but he, he uh, with a hamstring injury, is expected to play this week. Then Brown and Bell, though, are the ones you really have to concentrate on taking away. Last week, against a tough uh, Ravens defense, um, Antonio Brown caught 11 passes on 18 targets for 213 yards so over the last uh, kind of four weeks he's had uh, at least 12 targets in those and piled up 627 yards and six touchdowns so uh, what are you expecting the Patriots to do this week to try and uh, I don't think you can stop these guys but at least slow them down yeah I think we're looking at a situation in which they say uh, if if you want to run Le'Veon Bell 30 times 25 times uh, we'll give you the 125 yards um, because you can pick us to death on that. We're not going to let Antonio Brown, you know, change the complexion of the game with one play, which of course he's capable of doing and take 165, 70 yards to the house. And, you know, that, that place will go bananas and the energy that that would provide them. So I think to me, I look for them to play a lot of cover too. I look for them to uh, be in his face, Brown's face. I look for help over the top when they decide to play man. Uh, I think he is uh, he is the primary concern of them. Stop him, and we'll worry about the rest. You'll put you figure. I still figure that when they do go man, it'll be Butler who'll be in his face and probably Harmon over the top. I think that allows you to take in man situations allows you to bring McCourty down. You know, if they go spread, you can put McCourty on on Bell. We've seen it. We've seen Devin play running backs a little bit more in coverage this year. You keep Gilmore on the. I would say you probably keep Gilmore on Smith Schuster because I think he's sort of emerged as their as their number two ahead of Martavis Bryant, and then it'd be Eric Rowe dealing with with Bryant in those spread formations. Um, I I just suspect they're just going to have a lighter box and just say, all right, go ahead. You want to do that? You know, go back to the to the uh, was it the '85 Super Bowl, the K Gun. You know, the game plan that's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, that, that was let let Thurman Thomas run. I think he ran for 135 yards in that game. But the idea was, let's, we're not going to let them beat us with that big play. And that's exactly what you know. That's how that played out. And that offense that the Giants had that won that Super Bowl, not as potent as the one the Patriots will bring on the field on Sunday. Yeah, and when you look at uh, you know what the Patriots have done over the years and what they've done this season, they have been allowing those plays, you know, those 5, 10, 15-yard plays, but they haven't been letting up the big plays. Then when it gets into the red zone, they've really clamped down. We've seen that with them last year. We see it with them this year again. It's just been a, a consistent trait over the last couple of years for the Patriots' defense. Then on the side, you mentioned against Miami, they may have got away from running the ball a little bit too quickly, but the running backs for the Patriots in that game, we've seen a larger role for James White when the team was trailing. We've seen less of Lewis and Burkhead due to that. Do you think uh, the, the game flow is going to be what depends which running backs get used as we move through the rest of the season we've seen as well in the Super Bowl when they were behind James White had a big game in that one but uh, Lewis and Burkhead have been kind of splitting the reps when the games are in hand or else the Patriots are ahead and then we've seen in comeback mode a little bit more of James White what do you, what do you is that there kind of what you expect the rest of the way yeah I mean I think that's just the way they, they like it I think they're really com- confident and comfortable with, with James as the as the, the primary pass receiving back and and when they go spread that he's the guy to use I wish they would use and I love White, but I wish they would use Dion a little bit more in that role. It was something he did pretty well in 2015 uh, before he got hurt. 
and you know he he actually had the ability to go vertical on teams, which was pretty impressive for a guy. And you saw the the hell of a catch he made coming out of the backfield um, Monday night in, in Miami. I just think he's sort of underutilized in that regard. But I just I really do feel like that's they're, they're real comfortable with those roles and establishing those roles for those guys. I just think that Lewis has probably been um, not even probably been. I think he's he has been their most consistent playmaker this year aside from the guy at the quarterback position. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm struggling like I was in Miami, I want to get him more touches, not less. So uh, hopefully that sort of auto-corrects itself this week, if you will. And uh, with the, the Patriots, we've seen uh, the passing game struggle against Miami and uh, the Ravens offense uh, on the other side as an offense that has struggled uh, for the majority of the year. Joe Flacco's had his issues, but they marched up and down the field last week while they faced the Steelers and obviously Ryan Shazier being out of the lineup. The defense looked a little bit softer, Bud Dupree has struggled in recent weeks in the passing game. It's not a strength of his. Uh, and he's, but he hasn't really been picked on by other teams in this area. But we've seen it a little bit by the Ravens this past week. Do you think uh, that is an area that Tom Brady is going to try and attack, uh, particularly if uh, Dupree doesn't get home in the pass rush? Do you think this is another area that Patriots will look to exploit in that kind of the short passing game? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you saw that. What Danny Woodhead, former Patriot, had a monster game uh, against the the Steelers on Sunday night, and I just think. Uh, now, Patriots are going to take a good look at that and, and, and again, just a good look at that second level without Shazir and say, we can do damage here. Um, force you to maybe auto-correct on, uh, you know, adjust to that, if you will, and then that will open up something else. Um, and I, I just think, you know, we've seen it time and time again. Tom is able to to find weaknesses, and they're already coming into this game knowing that that's a pretty, pretty big issue that, that Pittsburgh has. And, I think it would be foolish to not at least test that out and see if you can't exploit it as well. Yeah, and I think if it's something that I'm picking up on, I think uh, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are definitely going to be picking up on those uh, and a lot, lot more. And the, the last question before we finish up here, obviously Pittsburgh has won a lot of close games this season. Uh, there have been eight games that have been cited by six points or fewer for them, and they are seven and one in those contests. They, they, t- they send, tend to be a team that plays down to their lower grade of opposition, play up then to better opposition. They never really blow out the, the lower teams, and they never really struggle that much then against the better teams. With the Patriots now, and obviously this game is it's pretty much uh, we could call it a playoff game as we're looking ahead to the number one seed overall representing the AFC uh, you know and the Super Bowl these two teams are going to be most people's selection so if we look at it uh, the, the Steelers now 11 and 2 but if the Patriots do win it they would have that tiebreaker as we head into the final few weeks in the bid for home field advantage first of all how much of an importance do you think this game the result of this game will have and uh, who t- uh, moves on then to to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl and then of course what is your prediction for this one yeah, you know, I think home field critical. And I think we just go back to a couple of years ago when the Patriots kind of screwed around in 2015 a little bit. And, yeah, there were some injuries, but uh, there were a couple of games that, including the season finale in Miami, where they decided they were going to run the ball. Was it 16 of the first 20 plays or 18 of the first 20 plays? Um, and then you think, oh, well, you know what? This team has Brady, and they'll travel, and they'll, they'll go, they can go into Denver and beat Denver. And I think we saw that crowd – that place, that energy, they weren't over, able to overcome it. And I think if you had flipped the, the venues and that game was in Foxborough, I don't think Vaughn Miller and DeMarcus Ware, as beat up as your offensive line were, Derek Wolf, I don't think they were going to own the game like that. But they did own it at home because you couldn't, that silent count. I think it's critical. I don't think you yeah. want to be, not that you can't win in Pittsburgh. God knows they've won in Pittsburgh a lot. I just don't think you want to put yourself in that position. So I think it's of 
uh, um, I don't want to say if you lose number one seed, you can't win because, again, it's Brady and Belichick. But I think you put yourself at a disadvantage and you give a team in Pittsburgh who's been struggling to beat you over the years, you give them a little bit of confidence that, you know what, we can do it. We can beat these guys. In fact, we just did it. So why can't we do it again? And you mentioned the atmosphere. I think there will be a playoff atmosphere down in Hinesfield. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm jacked up for it. I can't wait. <laughs> do you think the Patriots get uh, get over the line in this one, or how do you see it uh, panning out as we head to Sunday? Yeah, you know, I, 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 I've gotten less confident. In uh, the beginning of the week, I was like, the Patriots are going to win. And as the week has sort of played out, um, I've gotten a little bit less confident in this. But I just think until Pittsburgh's defense shows me that they can finally do something against Brady in this offense, I, I can't, I just cannot pick. Because I, I think Pittsburgh could score 35, but I think Brady could score 38. I just, that, I think it's going to be that kind of game. I think. Like I said, until until Pittsburgh finally shows me that they can do it defensively, that Keith Butler and and that crew of, of players is capable, I'm I'm not I'm not going down that road. I just won't do it. And uh, it's obviously you. I can tell how excited you are for it, and I know all the Patriots and Steelers fans out there will feel the same way. There's been a, a huge amount of great information there as we head towards Sunday, which uh, I think has to be the, the game of the season to this point so far. And uh, as always, you can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike Giardi, and of course, follow the great work he does for NBC Sports Boston. Mike, uh, it's been fantastic. Love it. Thanks for having me. That was Mike Giardi of NBC Sports Boston, and as always, uh, it's a lot of fun talking with Mike, one of the most knowledgeable beat writers in the business, does a great job covering the New England Patriots, as you heard there with all the great information he was able to provide us with. And I mentioned as well the second uh, time for him on the show this season, so the first ever recurring guest here on The Beat Report. Throughout the season, I've tried to get different perspectives from different teams spread around, uh, kind of get all the fan bases involved with the games. But as we head now into the last couple of weeks of the season, we're going to try and get those teams that are involved in the playoff action uh, on the show. And of course, this game, uh, in my opinion, as I said a moment ago, one of the, the biggest games of the season thus far. And uh, I just am super excited to watch it this coming Sunday. Uh, the season as well, as I mentioned, is coming closer to the end as we get ready for the playoffs, but it's still a perfect time to get signed up to a Rotomiz NFL Pass. You can sign up now, get 30% off. You can do it that you also get the coverage through the rest of this season and, of course, into next season. And, of course, signing up and getting 30% off. What more could you want for our present to you this holiday season? 30% off a Rotoviz subscription. So this discount is for listeners of the podcast only and is available through the NFL podcast homepage. That is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. And best of all, it helps support the pod. Again, be sure to get that 30% discount for your NFL pass at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. So let's get into it now, looking uh, through the game a little bit more from a fantasy view. We kind of talked through all the different possibilities of the actual match. Now we'll look at what they mean in terms of how this contest will go for us fantasy players this weekend. Looking at the total this week, it is 53.5, and the, then the New England Patriots are favoured by 2.5 points in Pittsburgh, which, you know, going on the road, never an easy task, but uh, the Patriots obviously will be heavily backed, and thus the line reflects this. But uh, I think, uh, you know, it is pretty much, in my opinion, uh, a pick em as we get to this stage of the season between the two teams so looking at it then from starting off with the quarterbacks we'll run through it then position by position you're looking at Tom Brady it wasn't the game he wanted this past week uh, you know and if you had him and you were in the playoffs it was just
just an unfortunate situation. His numbers without Gronkowski, as I mentioned over the last couple of seasons, haven't been uh, all that great, and uh, we've seen that happen once again. But we're looking at the matchup here with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and although their defence, and I was very heavily in form of praise of their defence over the start of the season, I didn't think they were getting the recognition they deserved. But over the last five games, they've allowed 10 passing touchdowns, uh, you know, and they really haven't faced any top tier quarterbacks in that list. We've seen Jacoby Brissett, Mariota, at Hunley. Uh, Brett Hunley looked like a, a star against them, I must say, as a Packers fan. And, uh, you know, uh, we, I've seen Hunley struggle mightily in many, many games this season uh, as he's covered for Aaron Rodgers, who thankfully will be back this week. But, you know, he, he really had a good game against the Steelers, Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco being the other two. So if you have Tom Brady in any lineups this week, I think it's a simple fact. You just have to lock him in. It's. Uh, you know, last week, if you look at Brady's career, it's probably, uh, you know, he bounces back very, very sharply from uh, bad performances. And if you're going on the law averages of what he's done this season, uh, we'll just say last week was uh, an unfortunate black mark uh, on his copybook. And uh, I think he'll be ready to roll this week. So slot him in your lineups. And I know uh, he'll be heavily owned this week again. And DFS is most people expect in this game with that high total this week to be a shootout. Ben Roethlisberger, exactly the same situation. He had a monster game last week. Um, he's obviously playing at home and we talk about his home road splits a lot of the times but over the last two seasons uh, his home games there's only one of those home games that has uh, netted less than 16 fantasy points and uh, that was against the Jaguars defense who's pretty much uh, not allowed anybody to do anything at the quarterback position this season outside of Russell Wilson last week uh, deep in the fourth quarter and of course last week we've seen uh, Jay Cutler uh, putting 263 yards and three touchdowns on the Patriots so I'd be expecting this week that we'll see a nice nice game from Ben Roethlisberger last week uh, he did set uh, career highs in both uh, completions and pass attempts he had 66 pass attempts in the game last week 44 completions 506 passing yards absolutely crazy game as uh, they went in that shootout with the Baltimore Ravens with that then last week as we talked through the Steelers we'll be looking at uh, who to play for them but just having a quick run through with all those pass attempts I mentioned the 66 pass attempts 44 completions so obviously a lot of the players are going to have uh, monster receptions target uh, totals and so on so we had Antonio Brown 18 targets with Jesse James who was the surprise really of the night 12 targets for 10 yards of course Juju Smith-Schuster was suspended so that helped spread around those targets Bryant had 10 targets Vance McDonald six targets uh, so when we look around the entire matchup and of course with Juju being out Juju's going to be back this week unless the hamstring injury that he has at this stage of the week holds him out which it isn't expected to do so I think we'll see then uh, those targets obviously be completely drop off because uh, I can't see him having uh, 66 pass attempts this week so that's something just to keep uh, keep in mind as we as we look forward here that those target volumes um, are obviously unsustainable so uh, Antonio Brown's going to get his as we'll talk about in just a moment Looking then to the running back position, of course, for the Patriots, it's kind of a, a trio. We mentioned the way it was worked, and uh, Mike mentioned that he thought that they went away from the run game much too quick this past week. And in, the, in that case, they only had 10 run attempts to 43 pass attempts. So it's just, uh, you know, I think that's uh, very, very uh, clear for us all to see. Um, we had just five carries apiece for Rex Burkhead and Dion Lewis. Then they were moved away from. Uh, James White had four targets, and then both of uh, Rex Burkhead and Dion Lewis had five targets each so it just uh strange little game for the Patriots and then we mentioned Tom Brady's struggles last week uh, he had 24 completions 13 of them were uh, split between those three running backs so uh, I think we'll see it go back uh, more similar to what we had uh, you know be- before last week we're going to have a case where Deion Lewis is the lead back Rex Burkhead's going to get most of the goal line work 
uh, and you know get the carry sprinkled in there they're all pretty much going to get passing down work and uh, that's just the way it's going to be so you know if you have Dion Lewis you have Rex Burkhead I think you're starting them with uh, a lot of confidence uh, this week again because I think there's going to be the opportunity to get those points James White is a tough call on a week-to-week basis you know if you if you have to play him you play him but if you don't have to play him I think you're better off uh, setting him out in this one but I think Burkhead and Lewis are solid start options this week you just aren't sure as to who is going to go and uh, get you know the majority of the work overall but I think Lewis leads the way and carries Burkhead leads the way inside the red zone in terms of the running down work there and the, the Steelers without Ryan Chazier over the last two weeks have allowed 263 running uh, running yards on 46 carries that is 5.72 per attempt with three touchdowns in there as well so I think uh, it could be a profitable game here for the Patriots running backs of course the other running backs Le'Veon Bell we know uh, the deal with Le'Veon Bell he's just uh, a monster in terms of his workload he just continues to pile up the touchdowns the yards the catches he had 10 targets last week he's you know them targets are going to come down but it's just uh, it's not going to be anything to worry about we've seen the Patriots last week struggle with Kenyon Drake and uh, he had 193 yards against them he did fail the score but you know we talked there with Mike as well about probably trying to take away Antonio Brown and allowing Bell to get those rushing yards get those short completions so I think uh, Bell's just going to be the ultimate chalk play this week uh, in terms of uh, GPPs and of course cash games he's just going to be owned by pretty much everyone I think when somebody's owned by pretty much everyone, maybe it's the wrong move for me to do, but I tend to, to try and fade them, move in a little bit of an opposite direction and, uh, you know, try and uh, pay down a little bit, maybe, and avoid Le'Veon Bell. Because I talked uh, with Heath Kruger on uh, the highlight read this past week about DFS strategy, and he was talking about when somebody is so chocolatey owned that, you know, if you uh, if he has a big game, well, you're just going to be tied with everyone else that has him. So in this case, probably 60, 60% of the lineups. But uh, then, if, of course, if he has a bad game, you're in that 40% who don't have him. And you're into a positive uh, trajectory there with your lineups. But Le'Veon Bell, uh, you don't need me to tell him. If you have him in season long, he's a monster start this week. He's going to have a monster workload. And he's probably going to have monster production against this Patriots uh, defense. Moving on then to the wide receivers, Bratton Cooks, Chris Hogan. Uh, the ones there to keep an eye on for the Patriots. Cooks really did fall flat this past week. We thought it would be a monster game against the Dolphins. That did not happen. He had one catch for 38 yards. And as Mike said there, came in the fourth quarter. He had seven targets. Brady was picked off on two of those targets. And of course, with Joe Hayden back for the Steelers, possibly this week, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. They do tend to play a lot of zone coverage, but I think this week we may see them go into that man coverage a little bit more. There is a chance that you'll see Artie Burns. Um, and you know this, this is the case with Chris Hogan as well, depending on how they match up but Artie Burns over the last uh, five weeks has uh, given up two touchdowns and his his coverage just uh, hasn't been all that good he is one of the slower cornerbacks in the league and of course if you get Cooks uh, involved in that there with his speed uh, there's gonna be the opportunity to get that done uh, this week so Cooks although for his value if you're looking at in DFS compared to what Chris Hogan has uh, Cooks being valued at 7100 and then Chris Hogan at 5500 so when we look on here at the GLSP apps up on rotoviz.com sprinkle through them we're going to look at Brandon Cooks his uh, PPR projection this week 6.3 at the low 14.1 at the median and then 21.1 at the high where we see Chris Hogan falling very very similarly uh, with 7.4 at the low 14.2 at the median then 19.2 at the high so if you're looking at the the difference in value looking at these two players and seeing who you could use this week I think uh, I I tend to uh, shuffle more towards Chris Hogan with that five and a half thousand dollar valuation he is sixteen hundred dollars cheaper than Branton Cooks I think that makes it a very very interesting play this week and with uh, Chris Hogan last week coming back from his injury uh, he obviously 
didn't uh, you know do much with it he had one catch for one yards but he played 90 percent of the snaps uh, so obviously that there was a huge positive if you're looking from what he did so a solid snap share i think that proves that he's healthy he hasn't really had any setbacks so far this week in terms of what he's done uh, you know and training he has been limited but i think that's all just part of working him back in he did have five targets last week he had 100 uh, more than 100 air yards last week so i think it's uh, you know very very uh, positive looking as we move back and we mentioned brady having a, a down week uh, so i think chris hogan for me is uh, one that i'm very very interested in slotting in to my lineups we look at it of course then antonio brown very very hard what more do we say about antonio brown just uh, an absolute superstar starting to run out of words over the last couple of podcasts i've done when i mentioned him just a phenomenal phenomenal player uh, week in week out does it over and over and over again uh, he's pretty much single har- single-handedly carrying this team along with bell of course but antonio brown gets those big plays in the big spots and uh, over the last four games he's had 39 receptions 627 yards and six touchdowns so what more can you really say about that it's almost 100 standard league fantasy points and uh, that there's a number that only 20 27 wide receivers have had all season so uh, absolutely uh, awesome this week i made a bold prediction on rotoviz.com this week that michael thomas would be the, the number one scoring wide receiver this week and uh, you know it's very hard to, to lock it on Antonio brown and you know if michael thomas doesn't make it all the way up there i think it's uh, fair to say antonio brown's going to be in the mix but he just has a monster monster projections if you look at the glsp app this week you know you look you look at Le'Veon bell for example his high is 27.4 in ppr is a safe floor of 13.1 but let's head on over and look at what we have for antonio brown the floor is 14.5 but if we look then median is 24.8 and the high is 38.8 38.8 i don't know if i've looked at the glsp app this year and seen such a high uh, for any player in any situations almost 30 point or 40 points in PPR this week you know Antonio Brown I think if you can get him in those lineups I know he's gonna be very very chalky this week but if I had to pick between Bell and Brown I know which one I'm going for and it's going to be uh, Antonio Brown this week and it's gonna be tough going this week because he's gonna have that double coverage as we talked about there with Mike but I just think uh, over a game he's just so hard to cover uh, on those short intermediate routes and he has the opportunity to break it then for a big play on every single time he touches the ball so just a phenomenal phenomenal player who uh, one of my favorites in the NFL to watch but the player I think is very interesting this week for the Steelers is Juju Smith-Schuster if he can in fact be healthy of course looking back to last week I meant to mention this earlier in the show uh, I talked about Zach Ertz and how he was my star player of the week last week and of course then he missed out in the game Trey Burton comes in gets two touchdowns Selleck comes in gets one touchdown so when we look at what happened between them there three touchdowns for the tight ends I think I was on the right uh, train of thought when I was talking about Zach Ertz but it obviously didn't work out with that injury to him but maybe you pivoted it off that and said uh, of course once he was out that we'll go for the tight end position if you did it obviously worked out very very well for you but Jesse James last week uh, was the number two scoring tight end uh, in fantasy football 10 catches for 97 yards I think with uh, Gigi Smith-Schuster back in the lineup they're obviously going to drop off the Patriots have struggled against tight ends this year so maybe he is a sneaky uh, you know contrarian value play this week but uh, it's just boomer bust particularly for jesse james uh, if you're putting him in this one but juju smith schuster if brown does get that double coverage it's going to have a, a nice matchup to exploit he'll probably go up against jonathan jones in the slot and uh, i think he's a, a safe option wide receiver tree in this one i think he's uh, you know somebody i'm going to try and get into a few uh, gpp lineups this week in case he does get that uh, favorable coverage and I, I think there's a high possibility of that happening so we're looking through all the players and i have to pick one now to be my draft star player of the week and um, 
all things considered for me i think it's a, an easy option there's a lot of players in this that have huge potential but of course with that comes huge price tags if we're looking at antonio brown 9100 that is a hard squeeze uh, into any uh, salary cap league that you're playing in so if you're looking at who you want to go and where you want to go obviously there is value uh, as i mentioned in juju smith schuster who is 5400 but then when you look at chris hogan who i expect to have a nice target number this week my projections this week have been for six to eight targets i've been down for five receptions 74 yards and a touchdown so if he goes for that at that current value it's gonna be a nice little pickup for you if you put chris hogan into your lineups he'll be in a lot of my weekly dfs lineups and of course i'll be drafting him as well in draft and of course if you haven't tried out draft yet you can do so this week perfect time to get involved and you can play on playdraft.com or just search for draft in the app store and uh, join the game in minutes it's as easy as that for a limited time only all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit just by using our promo code rv radio it's uh, very very simple i've mentioned here in all the beat report shows so far this season no salary caps you play in a real live snake draft the drafts just take a couple of moments there is no management no waiver wires just set it and forget it once you're done drafting that's it no trades as i mentioned no way wires draft even takes care of those last minute injuries for you best ball format at that point and of course at the end of it all if you get the best team you make your best predictions you make the best calls as who you want as part of your lineup you win the cash so drafts start from as little as one dollar so there's a draft for everyone so check out playdraft.com get involved this week and of course that promo code is rv radio and i mentioned there chris hogan and this is the second time this season chris hogan in fact is my draft play of the week he did so i think it was week two when i uh, had talked about the saints and the patriots and chris hogan went off in a monster way in that one and it was after a game where i think in week one he had one reception and a over 100 air yards in the last week guess what one reception over 100 air yards maybe maybe lightning strikes twice in this one so chris hogan all aboard the chris hogan train choo choo i'm going uh, to get him some in my lineups this week and hopefully it works out for me so hopefully then it'll work out for you and of course hopefully you have enjoyed listening into today's show it is uh, you know the 15th edition of the show and i've really enjoyed bringing it to you throughout the season so uh, i'll be back next week with another one as we get ready for week 16 but that's going to do it for today's edition and again my name is colin kelly you can follow me on overtime ireland have a good one Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Beat. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz and a 30% discount for the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They call you the Grill Master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. 
to get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 